welcome back to the sacred trauma my name is courtney ray and i am your trauma informed host i have an intention to share my narrative with trauma and how i have found um, methods of healing with hopes that you will be inspired to do so as well in this segment i will go over the topic of hypersexuality and even speak about my own struggle with it because i do know that um hypersexuality is a topic that that not enough people talk about and when they are talking about hypersexuality they are speaking about it in a negative light and um, not using the right verbiage to even express their feelings about the topic itself Um, so I would like to change the narrative about what hypersexuality is and um, give some insightful information about how you can help yourself or someone else who might be struggling with hypersexuality um but again i will own or add my own personal twist to things because i definitely um have worked in the service industry for a long time and i don't necessarily think that sex appeal or sexualizing yourself um is a negative thing um we are all sexual beings and i don't feel that it is necessary to condemn people for um being hypersexual In case you're having some confusion on what I'm referring to, hypersexuality is actually a clinical condition um, which is highly connected to sexual behavior and the psychopathology behind a person. Um, So I actually found a research study that was conducted that um, looked into the connection between trauma and post-traumatic stress disorder and how hypersexuality is very connected to depression, shame, and guilt within a person. Not everyone's experience with hypersexuality is going to look the same on the outside. For example, one person might constantly look for sexual and romantic partners because they are aware that another person can fulfill their needs and um, their brain reacts a certain way when they are given what they want when it comes to sexual behavior. While another person might seem more put together on the outside, maybe um, they aren't cheaters or they do not need to be in a relationship every second of their lives. However, when they are in relationships, um, they tend to struggle with needing validation from people who might be abusive towards them or um, they are just into like some really dark sexual um, fantasies and such like that. Like there is literally so much to it. And again, I'm not condemning um, any type of like sexual behavior. I think that is very detrimental to a person to be punished or condemned for being sexual. However, there is a STEM problem because of trauma. When addiction and trauma are working together, it is very detrimental to a person's emotional regulation and their nervous system. For example, while one person might struggle with an addiction with drugs, it is very likely that that will overlap with a sex addiction. Um, Sometimes it could look like gambling or, you know, like just alcoholism, too much drinking, partying. Um, The reason why it's so important to bring attention to those who have trauma, which is a lot more than um, most of us really think, Um, It is life-saving and life-altering to have more awareness that people with trauma might not be able to go in environments and situations where um, a person without trauma could 
go in and be fine after walking out of that situation. Um, For example, I have worked in the service industry for an extensive amount of time now, and while sometimes sexualizing myself while I'm at work um, is kind of part of the job when you're working at a bar, and it's part of the sex appeal that's a known traditional um, thing, however, that sexualization doesn't just leave when I get home from work. Um, it sticks with me, and it bothers me, and so... There have been things that I have recognized over time through my experiences that have made me understand that, oh, well, one person could do this, be completely fine, not bothered. However, when I do that same exact thing, I'm very bothered and I'm bothered for like an extended period of time. And so it's all about just like going with the flow and understanding yourself um, when you are self-aware about your behavior in certain situations or around certain people you can kind of um, create boundaries and have preventative measures to where you're not going to want to expose yourself to certain environments because you know that you are susceptible to um, hypersexuality or addiction or um, just falling into a depressive state and I take all of those topics very serious. With the research article that I am currently um, rereading over and over, it talks about how um, trauma is tied with like depression and guilt. So a lot of the problem is stemming from the fact that internally you feel depressed or guilty about who you are as a person, whether it's how you look or something you did in the past. Um, you're internalizing all of those feelings and by hypersexualizing yourself, like it's putting like a temporary band-aid on how you feel. However, that is where it gets really tricky and that's where um, the awareness needs to be brought in because the longer that you avoid whatever you're internalizing, um, the more likely you are to engage in behavior or ways of living that are actually very damaging to your future. So while it might make you feel really confident to behave in a certain way for a certain moment, um, if you pay attention, that feeling is only temporary and it goes away. If you are feeling shameful about your behavior or hypersexuality, um, please know that you are not alone and you should not ever feel that way. However, that's a lot easier said than done. And an example of shame playing into this very complex issue is possibly you engage in a relationship or um, you do something that is almost self-sabotaging. And because you are shameful about whatever happened or whatever you're doing or whatever you said about yourself, um, you continue to behave the same way instead of addressing the problem and then moving on. Because when you have PTSD and when you have depression, you are literally like stuck in time. Um, And whether or not the traumatic event that happened was like a sexual assault or um, like a non-sexual trauma event, um, your like physiological responses are literally tied in with your psychological health. And that has been confirmed to me by a doctor. And I just take that so, so, so serious for everyone who's listening, because it is not your fault that you are traumatized. But 
the only thing that you can do from here on out is to take control of that trauma and to navigate to form healthier relationships and to surround yourself around partners who care about you. And if you are not healthy or don't feel comfortable being in um, a romantic or sexual relationship, I encourage you to take a step back. There are things that you can work um, on when it comes to PTSD that will assist you in your journey of healing with hypersexuality. For example, there is EMDR. If you have PTSD, you can go through EMDR treatments that kind of take away um, your sensation of being stuck in the past and they can bring you back to the current version of yourself and the person that you're working on becoming. There is no need to rush or harp on decisions that you've made in the past or that you might make in the near future because moderation is key with healing. If you're too hard on yourself and you dig yourself into a rabbit hole of depression and harping about things that you did in the past, um, you're going to lead yourself to a dark place. I don't want you to go to that dark place. I want you to go to the light. And that sounds like super preachy, so I don't really like my wording with that. However, my point is, if you would have told me, like, even three years ago that I was hypersexualizing myself, um, one, I wouldn't have cared, and two, I would have denied it and told you to F off, and I am a feminist, and I can do what I want. That is along the lines of what I would have said. However, my understanding and lens that I have now on those things is a lot more mature, a lot more experienced, and um, I'm still in a lot of pain from previous experiences that I've had. However, um, as I take the next step to heal from these things, I'm going to be very vocal and um, open about my experience because I'm really hoping that someone else is going to hear this and they are going to benefit as well. If you made it this far in the episode, thank you so much. However, I am going to let you know that there might be a trigger um, that could potentially happen um, following the rest of what I'm going to say. So I am going to put a trigger warning on the episode. Um, if you want to continue following along and you're in a safe place and mental capacity to do so, I do encourage you to listen. PTSD stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, there is the tie that there could be complex PTSD. Um, however, everyone is different and not every single person who goes through a traumatic event develops PTSD. That was something that I thought was always um, assumed of someone going through some type of trauma like, oh, like you have PTSD. That is not the case. Not everyone develops PTSD. However, for those of us that do... I'm going to talk about this with the most love and care that I possibly can for anyone who is struggling with PTSD. PTSD occurs in stages. I'm going to go over the stages so that you understand. The first phase is going to be the impact phase. The second phase is going to be the rescue stage. Um, the third stage is intermediate recovery. And the fourth stage is long-term reconstruction. Um, those kind of all sound very similar or overlapping to one each other or one another. So I am going to um go ahead and explain those. So the first impact stage is when the event first happens. 
So this can cause a person to respond with like shock or fear or withdrawal or pretty much like you feel a loss of control. Um, it could be when your anxiety first um, develops and you might have like a very detail-oriented perception of whatever it is um, you have just went through. Um, the second um, phase of PTSD is kind of when I think the scary part happens, at least from my perspective, because while we all go through traumatic things in life, whether we like it or not, when you develop PTSD, if you go through something traumatic and then after that event, you are in denial about it, you're anxious, you're confused, you have panic attacks, you have nightmares, you feel helpless, um, extreme sadness, or you have any type of like, or you feel some type of way about the person who caused the event or was there, um, that is a very serious part of PTSD because those are when the symptoms are the most hard to deal with and they could take an extensive amount of time to get past that phase. Um, the third stage of PTSD which is um, intermediate recovery and during this part of it it's basically when you can you you basically shift your attention from the event um, to your own needs. And when you are able to do this, you can become very selfless and kind. Um, you might show a great amount of love and care for those around you because you're in so much pain and it makes you feel good to share um, any type of positive energy or love towards another person. It might even be towards a person who hurt you. Um, there also could be the polar opposite effect and this would be if you are referring to being disappointed. Um, you could feel like nobody supports you or you might just feel broken all around and pretty much like your daily activities become more difficult to um, continue on with. The fourth and final stage of PTSD is the long-term recovery stage. And when you are in that stage, um, you have actually accepted the event that happened. You can talk about it, but you may still feel um, unsure about what the future holds. You are unaware if your symptoms are going to come back or if um, they're going to continue to affect you or worsen over time, which is why getting treatment for PTSD is so, so, so important. And a lot of people, I feel like, are raised on, or I think it's even a generational thing, but a lot of people in the past have been raised on um, being told that you just need to get through it, you know, just stick up for yourself and keep going. And if you go to a therapist or you're still hurting, like you're weak, you just need to suck it up. And that is completely the wrong way to handle PTSD because PTSD can be lifelong. And while sometimes um, our symptoms go away for a bit, if you are triggered, you might not, not even know like what type of trigger you have and your response can be completely negative and detrimental to not only you but um, the people around you. And it's something you can't even control or don't even understand. So that is why I think mental health is so important and I'm really really into EMDR right now um I can't wait to share like my experience with um what I what the end result of me undergoing through that type of treatment looks like and I'm super excited um I'm just making this space like mentally and even in my daily schedule for the near future to take that step
I am a firm believer in healing and holistic wellness and I believe that we can overcome a lot of hard things whether or not we are receiving um, medical or professional mental health assistance. A lot of us do not have the resources to get medical help or our trauma is literally so severe that um, the thought of having a medical professional help us um, is almost too much to handle. Like our our brain likes to kind of dissociate and not think about um, the truth when it is hurting. And I'm here to guide you and to encourage you to find your inner truth because once you are able to do that, this part of your story will become less painful. I used to put other people who were helping me in any way on such like a platform and pedestal and give them all the credit for um, the healing that I was doing. However, while it is it is okay to accept help and to idolize other people who might be stronger or in a better place than you, um, you need to give yourself more credit about the work that you are doing to overcome whatever it is um, that traumatized you because not everyone has the strength to really take those initial steps and I wish that everyone could however not everyone um, gets to a place where they can so I really hope that my podcast is helpful to you in understanding the importance of healing while the brain is amazing and it can heal it can also be your enemy in this process and if you're unaware of what dissociation is it is when your brain tricks you so basically you might have a perception or memory of a certain experience and whether or not that experience was harmful to you or a good memory um there at any time there could be a time where you are dissociated and your brain only has fragments of a certain event or memory and it's not giving you um, the full memory or flashback of what happened and this can be associated with um, huge like major diagno- diagnoses and it also can happen to someone who's pretty mentally stable and doesn't have any major diagnosis but our brains are designed to really protect how we feel and part of that is like us being human and needing to survive whether it's physically emotionally or physiologically there are a lot of things that our brain um, can do and while it is a good thing because it can help you heal just be aware that um, if there's any realization or any treatment that you undergo that um, brings back a memory that you might have like hidden and never thought would come back it might reappear And when that memory reappears, it means that you are ready to process it. Um, I've had a couple of memories come back to me after like, (laughs) I want to say like 10 years. And when those memories came back, I was almost like, holy crap. Like, I can't believe that like I have not thought about that from when it happened until now but that was just my brain's way of protecting me and now that I'm getting older and really comfortable with who I am as a person um I'm able to like integrate my ways of thinking and my memories into who I want to be to tie the topic of PTSD depression guilt shame um just any type of internal part of you that has not um fully processed um something about your life or a certain chapter 
Um, I want to say that all of these things can be connected to hypersexuality. So if this episode was something that kind of um, spoke out to you or you wanted to understand because you know someone who might benefit from this type of information because you care about them and want them to see themselves in um, a lens of love versus a, a lens of hate and guilt and shame, I really want to emphasize that hypersexuality is highly connected to depression and there are little bits and pieces like guilt and shame that play a part of it but don't assume someone who is hypersexualizing themselves that they do not love themselves or they don't think that they're pretty or they don't um want to be the best versions of, of themselves hypersexuality is a symptom of depression and that symptom of hypersexuality is very linked with PTSD. And PTSD can be something that one person develops and another person that does not. So if you're a parent and you're looking at your children and you're like, I was the same parent and treated all my children or all my children the same way, how come one of my um kids hypersexualizes themselves and the other uh, the others don't? Um that like is my kid crazy or is my kid just acting out because like they're upset with me no that is not the case not everyone develops ptsd with the hard things that they go through and not everyone develops depression in the same way some people have long-lasting depression that is chronic and does not go away with years other people have reactive depression that only appears when their situation um, involves stress or um, hard situations I am someone who has reactive depression, so my experiences and my lens on the topic of PTSD and getting through trauma um, could look very different from someone who actually has major depressive disorder or something um, more severe. If you are not in the space or ready to go into therapy or to seek professional help when it comes to PTSD, um, I do have some natural methods um, that worked for me when it came to um, easing some of my symptoms of PTSD. For example, one thing that I used to do when I was really upset and really angry about something that happened was I would go to the gym, turn my music up as loud as I possibly can, and I would run and I would imagine myself running away from whatever it was that was bothering me. By me visualizing this, um, it helped my body physically by going to the gym, obviously. However, it helped me mentally to um, make myself feel strong again. And that was kind of something that like I, um, I didn't look up. It was just something that I did and something that worked for me. That might not work for you. I know a lot of people who really enjoy going to yoga and um, being in peaceful environments as a way to heal. Um, something that I used to do was when I would take a shower, I would imagine all of the like negative things that happened to me just like washing away. And that was something that really helped me. Every time I do that, I feel so much better. Um, however, whether you're into like energy or Reiki or um, natural supplements or exercising and going to the gym, um, there is coping mechanisms that work differently for everyone so I encourage you to take on new hobbies try new things and to really give yourself the confidence and affirmation that you are going to overcome um, whatever it is you're struggling with 
Thank you so much for listening to The Sacred Trauma. If you could rate my show, um, share it with someone, or send my episode um, with this, like, huge, huge topic, um, please do so, and I will see you next time. Thank you.